The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the production, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Once again, happy National Blueberry Month, and don't forget to pick up your Blueberry Month toolkit over at ushbc.org toolkit. As most of you know, the blueberry industry in Peru has grown tremendously in recent years. This relatively new growing region is an example of those strategic initiatives by companies in our industry that Soren Bjorn shared with us back in episode three and four. If you haven't had a chance to hear those episodes, I highly recommend going back to take a listen. Today, I thought it would be worthwhile to bring an expert of the Peruvian industry onto the show to help us better understand what's happening in Peru, a preview of Peru, if you will, as they prepare their crop for export to the United States. This episode is a fascinating look at a country that has quickly become a major player in the global blueberry trade. But before we dive into things with our featured guest, it's time once again for a crop report. We've been having a lot of fun recording these each week. There is always important information shared and plenty of personality to go with it. So here, once again, is your Blueberry Crop Report. It's time now for the Blueberry Crop Report, an update on crop conditions and markets around North America. Today, you'll hear from Doug Kramer in Oregon, followed by Brian Sakuma in Washington, Denny Doyle in New Jersey, and Jason Smith in British Columbia. This report was recorded on July 22, 2020. Here's Doug Kramer in Oregon. In Oregon, the weather has been hot the last few days, up into the 90s. Today, the weather is cooling down and really helping us out. We're done with the early season varieties as far as hand picking for fresh. The machines are in cleaning it up for the processed market. We are into the middle, I would say, of the mid seasons. So we're picking Draper and Blue Crop and Legacy and other mid season varieties that have really good quality and they're shipping nice right now. And we'll be into those probably for another 10 days to two weeks. And then we'll be getting into some late season stuff. Things are going really well here in Oregon. Uh, this is Brian Sakuma from Washington. We've had some good weather the last couple of days. We're running through most of our dukes for the second pick. We're looking at harvesting Draper by the end of the week. Labor is currently okay. We're starting to have a push for a little bit more due to the need for our blackberry harvest as well as our blueberries. Some of this cool weather has caused a lot of uh, variability in harvest, and that's caused some problems on the supply side of things and fulfilling ad lids that were going uh, for this week. However, I think that most of the growing areas, uh, BC, Washington, are starting to hit their stride in regards to uh, supplying on the fresh. And I had heard here this last week or the tail end of la this last week that a lot of the packers were starting to do some IQF for the freezer. So uh, fruit is going both ways right now. And 
there should be ample supplies to go around on the marketplace on the fresh. Hi, everybody. It's Denny Doyle again from the fine state of New Jersey. We're on the backside of our harvest now. We're cleaning up with machines all the mid-season varieties and looking forward to going into some, you know, light hand picking with late varieties. In the state of New Jersey, we're not real strong with uh, late varieties. We are on the earlier side. So I think the report right now from New Jersey is the weather is very hot. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're getting through it. Uh, we're just hoping for no, you know, heavy storms at this point so that we can finish up. A lot of our hand labor is moving on to Michigan, which is very typical this time of year for us. You know, so basically that's where New Jersey is at this point. I would say in two weeks, New Jersey is going to be completely wrapped up. Machines are, are out there working pretty hard and just a, just a little bit of hand picking going on. We're only producing probably 30, 35,000 crates a day on the fresh side. That's about the, the story of New Jersey right now. Hi, uh, Jason Smith, Fraserberry Farms in uh, Abbotsford, British Columbia. You know, weather-wise, this season certainly hasn't been ideal, uh, basically right from the beginning. Uh, a lot of growers are getting through or they're through their first pick Duke. And, and uh, you know, it's pretty obvious that uh, volumes are, are short, definitely short. And, you know, a lot of that's attributable to the the rain and, and really poor weather we had during the pollination period. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of Duke is, is starting to come in now. I'd say we're kind of in really in the, the peak of the Duke at this point, you know, some guys further, further East have are well into their second pick if, if not getting close to their third. Right. So quality wise, it, it's, it's been okay. You know, there's, there's, certainly been challenges with with all the rainfall and stuff like that and you know i was talking to a grower two days ago he's getting stuck every row he drives down with his machine so definitely a lot of challenges with with wet fields you know and, and even just tough to get through and harvest hand harvest labor up here is definitely a challenge a lot of our local workers that that help with hand harvester are not even in the province they're actually still stuck in india the reality is a lot of those people are not going to make it here to to help with harvest um so you know i, I talked to a couple people who are labor contractors and their their workforce is down anywhere from 50 to 60 percent of what it was last year so it, it's definitely, labor is definitely a struggle. Uh, I think a lot of our foreign labor, I, I haven't heard the numbers lately, but a lot of our foreign labor has come in, but I, I still don't think we're anywhere near the numbers that we were last year, but I, I can't say it for sure. Jason, you hang in there. I know, I know your weather has been tough, but uh, I know you guys over there are tough too. You, you'll get through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I just need things to dry out. <laughs> well, thanks again to all of our growers that provide this timely information each week. We record these crop reports on the same day the podcast is released. So if you've subscribed to this podcast, which we hope you do, you're getting very timely and very relevant information 
from all around North America. In today's show, we're even going to go beyond North America, down to Peru. We're very lucky to have on the show Luis Miguel Vegas. Luis is the manager of Pro Arandanos, otherwise known as the Peruvian Blueberry Growers Association. Luis, I'm so glad you could join us today. Thank you, Casey, for the opportunity. And as I told you before, congratulations for launching this podcast and helping connect the whole industry. Thank you. Well, it's been an exciting venture, certainly getting this off the ground. And you're absolutely right. When you look at where our audience is coming from, it's not just a national audience of blueberry industry. We can see that people are tuning in from all around the world. So I think this is you know, a great resource. And of course, it's the only one of its kind for our industry where it's just exclusively focused on the business of blueberries. Now, if I remember correctly, we first met in Tri-Cities, right? Yep. Yeah, you, we you first met in Tri-Cities. Correct. So if we were in Tri-Cities fall meetings, my first meeting in this position, and I believe it might have been your first meeting. So, you know, we met at the, our large industry event. Our, our, we only do those meetings twice a year. And so it was great to uh, connect with you there. And, you know, you, your, your organization has been around for how long? How long has the Peruvian Blueberry Growers Association been formed? Yeah, the, the association was formed in 2014. And yeah, it's, it's, it's growing pretty fast. It is growing pretty fast. So tell me a, a little bit about what got you involved with the association. How did you come into the position? Yeah, so it's my first experience in the agro business, you could say. I come from different sectors. I've worked for the private sector and also for the public sector. So that opened the, the opportunity to be part of Pro Arandanos. Since there's a lot of work in hand with the public sector as well. So yeah, I got the call and, and actually got really excited about it and, and jumped right in. Your organization kicked off in 2014, and, and certainly I can appreciate the focus on exports. But as you look at your organization and its mission and vision, are there pillars of activity? I mean, are you guys offering services to the industry that deal in kind of the bugs and dirt? Or you find the majority of the organization's focus is primarily export marketing? One pillar is market diversification, actually opening new markets for Peruvian blueberries and improving access to existing markets, offering our growers more ways to send their fruit to, to existing markets. Nowadays, we export to more than 50 countries worldwide. Other pillar that is also very appreciated by, by our members is all about information and statistics and forecasting. So that's really important for them to know the amount of fruit that it's going to the different uh, markets so that they can have their own commercial plannings. Then we have technical, all, all related to technical assistance and pillar regarding promotion. So that's our four pillars, right? Market access, promotion, data, and technical assistance. Yeah. Well, very good. And just how many growers, members, I mean, I'm sure, I think it's a membership-based organization. It's not, it's not like USHBC where everybody's obligated. So you're constantly trying to drive membership too as well, correct? Yeah, correct. So yeah, Proarandanos is a, it's a voluntary association. So yeah, today we have 27 members. These members represent around 80% of the volume that is exported from Peru. So 80% of the volume that is exported of Peru is from members of Pro Arandanos. And of that remaining group of growers in Peru, how many would that be in terms of numbers of non-members? Of non-members, I would say maybe half. 
if you say like a, a rounded number, I would say there's around 50, 50 growers that are exporting from Peru right now. And you have 27 uh, of them in your membership. For now, yeah. Yeah. Well, go get them. I know in the membership business, it, you know, it, it, it helps to have, you know, as many people working collaboratively together as possible because of the opportunities it creates, you know, for the whole and certainly the improvement of the industry. Uh, you know, we see that uh, here in our organizations. And, and so uh, interesting to hear, you know, kind of the, your organization's penetration rate and certainly how many members that uh, you currently represent and the volume. So congratulations on that. As we dive in here uh, on the Peruvian business, you know, looking at the history of the organization starting in 2014, but just from a kind of a 60,000 foot perspective, you know, help us understand the evolution of the blueberry industry in Peru, how it started and, and where it is today. Yeah. Well, less than a decade before, people thought it might be impossible to grow blueberries in Peru. And nowadays, Peru has become the number one exporter of blueberries, of fresh blueberries in, in the world. So I think that's a, that's a good overview. Right? In less than 10 years, we've gone from, from having no blueberries and maybe people saying that it was impossible to grow blueberries in Peru to becoming the market leader in exports. Yeah. And when you looked at that 10-year transition, where did you see that investment of interest come from? I mean, at some point, an inflection point takes place in that transition where it's not just a, a hobby market, so to speak. It becomes a significant investment. Investors from the outside, so to speak, come in and, and really want to plant a lot of blueberries. So talk about when you saw that take place in Peru. I would say that was around 2014, 2015. First of all, the genetics have had the, 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 an instrumental role here. Right? So once you had genetics to grow blueberries in this part of the world, in Peru, then there came a lot of other steps that were instrumental to make the Peruvian industry evolve to what it is today, right? So first it was the genetics, then came the investments, and you see that there's, now nowadays in Peru, there's a lot of vertically integrated companies with Peruvian growers and U.S. importers. So those investments have made it possible to grow the industry here in Peru to invest in new, in new acres, to invest in new regions, this combined with, with good weather conditions. And, and actually, I think, well, I'm not going to say any company names. I'm not going to do any, any, any free marketing, but the sorting machines, you know, these big machines that help you filter the fruit, that's been instrumental for, for the exports here in Peru because you can filter large volumes of fruit in, in a short amount of time. So when you're in a peak season and you have a lot of fruit and you have to filter it by sizes, by caliber, by condition, that's been really important in order to get the, the best fruit in, into those clamshells and into the market. Well, we may not know exactly who you're talking about, but I think we can all uh, agree that you know that has been revolutionary both domestically and internationally. It really is what helps, I think, continue to drive the innovation we need in our industry to bring the best fruit forward. Obviously, that's part of the optical sorting. And then, you know, to be able to process all those pounds in order to get them into clamshells. And, and so would you say that a lot of the farms are largely Peruvian owned or would you say that the investments, you know, now primarily involve multinational organizations? There's a good mix of U.S. partners here in Peru. There's also a good portion of Peruvian owned companies. So, yeah, I, I would say it's a good mix. Okay. 
To that end, talk a little bit about what role the U.S. market plays in the growth of this industry or has played in the growth of this industry to date. The U.S. market, is, it's a very important market for us. Today, almost half our production comes over to the U.S. It has dropped a little bit of participation in our whole exports. We're seeing that our growers are focusing right now more in, in the Asian market. We're seeing a big increase in the amount of, of volume going into Asia. But the, the U.S. has been uh, very important for our growth, especially during the, the month of October, November, where you saw these good prices. And that also sparked the interest of many investors, right? So you see that you have a good product here in Peru during those months of the year. So that was the opportunity that make all these good investments. And I think it's good because you could have a year on supply. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, I'm not going to assume that you're already a subscriber of our, our new podcast, but if you listen to our last two episodes, Conversations with Soren from Driscoll's, he actually talks about if you had been in his office 13 years ago and they were going through their strategic planning process, you know, I think what you're describing is, you know, where those companies saw the need to provide supply to meet the demand throughout an entire year? And what would that look like? And how would you target those places inside those market windows that would bring in that supply? And so then not a surprise all this many years later is that we're talking about this with you and and Peru, you know, having that opportunity with where the production is able to grow and the fruit that's able to be brought in like you're talking about. And so obviously that has created, you know, some consternation as to how this then unfolds, knowing that, like Soren said, that, you know, this was something everybody understood needed to happen in order to continue to drive the category and make sure that consumers were continuing to eat blueberries year round. But, you know, talk to us a little bit about what percentage of your crop is targeted for the U.S. market and, you know, what you see as that volume growth over time that's coming in. And, and again, I think this is really a credit to you and your new leadership position of being willing to, you know, just talk plainly about what the growth opportunity looks like for Peru in production, but also where you're targeting that fruit and, you know, how that, you know, will impact the U.S. market. And, and, to the, and, and in the case of affecting uh, the producers here, you know, willing to continue to share this information and work with the industry to continue to grow the category. So I know that's kind of a big setup, but I'm really interested in, in having you kind of speak directly to what I know was a call to action coming out of those spring meetings. Yeah, yeah. How is it distributed, right? So around 90% of what is produced in Peru is exported, right? 90% goes into the export market. From that 90%, around 50% nowadays goes into the U.S. market. 30% goes into Europe. 15% goes into Asia. And the remainder, 5% goes into different markets around South America, the Middle East, and the Caribbean. So that's how nowadays our exports are distributed. What's coming for this season? I know there's a lot of questions around what, what's going to happen this season. We are projecting an increase of around 30% in production. So 30% more volume would be exported from Peru this season. And how is this volume going to be distributed? We are forecasting there's going to be an increase around 25% into the U.S. of volume. Europe, uh, around 45% more volume than last season. And in the Asian market, we are forecasting an increase 
uh, of around 80% more volume than the last season. That's the, the overview of our numbers right now. Okay. You know, for those that are wondering what those percentages translate into, are you able to pull up the, the pounds? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I just want to say that we keep track, not by years, but by seasons here in Peru. Because our season starts around June and it, it goes until March, you know, but our main focus is September, October, November. So we see it in a season, not by year. So last season, uh, we exported to the U.S. around 140 million pounds. And this season, we are forecasting around 175 million pounds. So in terms of pounds, there would be an increase of around 30 million pounds into the U.S. market. Our peak week, the week that we're going to send most fruit, it's week 42, that actually is mid-October, is the week that we are going to send more fruit into the U.S. So that fruit should be arriving to market by the end of October, first week of November. And what's your sense of uh, when the very first Peruvian shipment shows up in the U.S.? What What is that that point that you believe, which week do you believe that that first shipment will start to hit? Yes. So, so as I told you, we, we started our season in, in June. Typically, our first exports go into the Asian market, and there's a lot of fruit that it's sent by air during the start of the season. And from now on, we're going to see a, a climb week by week in volume. If I got the question right, I would say there's going to be a, a considerable, like a more important volume. Starting September, October, November, that's where our window and our producers try to focus their volume. September, October, November. As you know, that that's a, a window that has, and I think we talked about this last week with Soren, but just the window at which we see those prices go up and those domestic producers who have otherwise enjoyed those higher prices at towards the end of the domestic season. And, and now you've got this uh, uh, supply coming in from Peru. And I think last year, if you were at 140 million pounds. I, I think Chile was still producing and shipping in more. In fact, Chile was coming in at about 165 last year. So you were just under uh, what Chile was producing. But this year, you know, if, if Chile stays flat, you guys will end up becoming the number one importer of uh, number one country of imported fruit into the United States. Yeah, I was making some some numbers here, and, and actually last year. In the fresh market, in the fresh blueberry market, I would say Peru represented around 20% of the fresh blueberries in the U.S. market last year, 2019. And yeah, like with, with this forecast, we should this season become the, the, the number one importer in the U.S. for fresh blueberries. You see that trajectory obviously continuing to grow. I remember sitting down with you last year during the PMA show, and you were showing charts that you know showed the exponential growth coming out of Peru. But at what point at that level of growth within Peru do you anticipate the production of Peru coming into the United States to eclipse what domestic producers are producing in the United States? I, I see the number of, of, of acres you know, the, the, the number of acres slowing down, the growth in the number of acres. And nowadays, you see, uh, there, there's a lot of questions around, okay, what's, what's going to happen with, with if, if, this, if, if this volume keeps, keeps going up? So I, I'm starting to sense a much greater focus in keeping a high quality of the product instead of sending more product. 
So I think uh, most growers are started to focusing in making their product even better to, to supply markets around the world. You know, like there's fruit from Peru that has to travel 30 days, 20 days to get into the market. So that's also a big challenge for, for Peruvian growers. So there's a lot of work around keeping a high, a high standard in the quality of the fruit and improving the product. How I see the evolution of the industry moving forward, I think there's going to be a lot of work around getting even a better product into the market in terms of size, in terms of firmness, in, in terms of taste. And I think that's going to help grow the category, right? We still need to hear what the consumers say in the U.S. market, what the consumers say in the European market, in China. Each market has its specific demands. So I, I think nowadays we see Peruvian growers focusing in having the right quality for each market. Maybe China prefers this type of fruit. The U.S. prefers a fruit that has a, a bigger size. So you see there's a lot of work around improving the quality of the product and alongside improving the quality, having this, you would say, perfect market fit uh, with the market where you want to get to. Well, and as we move forward, obviously there's going to be bumps in the road and you know, like our domestic producers here facing challenges. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what's happening in Peru and what Peruvian growers are facing that are challenges uh, as, they, as they continue to move forward. Yeah, for sure. As you know, uh, blueberries are, are, are a high demand fruit for labor in order to, to pick the fruit. So that's always a challenge for the growers. And well, this year with the pandemic, now we have a lot more protocols, a lot more procedures that all the growers have to include into their normal operations. So yeah, picking the blueberries is always a big challenge. Well, you, you mentioned a little bit about what you saw as the counter-seasonal opportunity for the U.S. producers to work collaboratively to put you know, fruit into the uh, Peruvian market. Talk a little bit about what opportunity that, that looks like. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's a, there's a, there's a big opportunity during the the counter season for, for U.S. growers, not only in the Peruvian market but in the Latin American market, specifically in Peru. For example, we are we are solely we are focusing in the in the fresh segment of blueberries and seeing that the U.S. has a big portion of, of the industry concentrated in fresh and frozen uh, and processed. Sorry, I think there's there's a big opportunity. I would invite the growers, the companies that are interested in the market to come and, and visit Peru. I think next year, it's, it's a great opportunity to come, uh, given that we're going to organize the International Blueberry Congress in Trujillo. That's happening next August 2021. And I would invite them to come uh, be part of this event and maybe stay, stay a couple of more days just visiting the market, visiting the different growing regions, in order to have a good sense of what's going on here in Peru and what opportunities they might have to bring their products over this part of, of the world. So I think that's, the, that's a good first step in order to have a good sense of what is the potential of the market here. So as you probably have seen, we've launched registration for what will be a virtual meeting environment, which this really gives everybody who otherwise couldn't travel like you have to our Tri-City meeting or Washington, D.C. meeting. This is really going to be a tremendous opportunity for us to invite the industry to all of the efforts that USHBC has continued to put forth on behalf of the industry. And, and, and obviously, NABC will be a part of that as well. But 
I'm excited about the opportunity that presents because there's a lot of people who aren't able to travel to our meetings. In this case, we're going to make it even a larger event with concurrent sessions, workshops, panel discussions. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So I extend that invitation, obviously, to you to be involved and, and take advantage of of this virtual platform with us, but extend that invitation down to your members and look forward to having you guys involved this fall. Yeah, for, for, for sure. Count, count me in. We're hoping on, on going over to Boston to be part of the, of the meetings. But yeah, it's, it's a great way that we still can connect virtually. And that might also open the opportunity for more, for more Peruvian growers to jump in and see what's going on with, with the USHBC uh, moving forward. Again, those are those things I see going forward, you know, internationally, domestically, uh, where we can connect this industry to continue to drive that innovation so that we can continue to drive the category and the volume and the experience uh, that our consumers have with our blueberries. Totally, totally. I think it's, it's all this innovation that we're seeing it in the, in the supply side. Uh, I think we're starting to see it also in the demand side, with all this thinking that the USHBC is moving forward. So yeah, we have to keep those both engines on with the innovation to make the, the demand grow beside the supply. I think that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, I want to thank you, Luis, for the time today. You know, this has been a tremendous opportunity to just kind of sit down and have a conversation about the future of Peru and, and certainly your plans going into this next season, this crop cycle. So I appreciate your time and, and I'm really enjoying the working relationship, knowing that, you know, we're kind of both experiencing this industry together for the first time. So I've appreciated getting to know you and, and certainly the time you've given us today to kind of walk us through your vision and your organization's interest in, in our industry. So thank you very much. Thank you, Casey, for inviting me to be part of the podcast and congratulate you again for this excellent initiative of launching this podcast to connect the overall industry. And from our side, from the Peruvian side, we, we are here to collaborate with anything that you think, think it's, it's valuable in order to grow the, the industry. Well, we appreciate that. And we'll certainly be having you back on a future episode as we continue the collaboration going forward and, and working together to build the business of blueberries. Thank you very much for the opportunity. See you in Boston virtually. <laughs> in honor of the 20th anniversary of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, USHBC is proudly turning the focus inward to recognize leaders of the blueberry industry. From growers to marketers, processors, and our suppliers, our industry is made up of extraordinary individuals and organizations who have advanced every link of the industry supply chain. To join us in this celebration, we invite you to nominate yourself or a fellow industry stakeholder for contributions made in the past two decades. Award nominations are due by August 21st. The winners will be announced during the NABC USHBC Conference and Expo on September 28th through October 1st. Learn more and enter at ushbc.org. Like I find in every episode, I think there were some really interesting insights shared from Luis. Some of the key takeaways for me today were certainly the spirit of collaboration. I think that was probably uh, something that carried through all of our discussion today, the openness and willingness of this production region, and in particular, their organization, the Peruvian Blueberry Growers Association, to work with us, recognizing the volumes that they're looking to produce and move around the world, including the U.S. market. And I think in that way, it was remarkable to me to just hear him talk through what that projection looks like, uh, 140 million pounds this last season, and they're looking at 175 million this season. And yet, you know, he seemed to point out that that's, the growth isn't for necessarily quantity. They're really focused on trying to drive quality. 
But it also caught my attention that, you know, he understood that Peru was representing about 20% of the fresh blueberries in the market last year. So I think we're seeing a maturing industry in Peru that is going to continue to focus a lot of attention on the U.S. market. And again, I think the interest we have in wanting to drive the category and wanting to make sure that we're working collaboratively on where that fruit is, where it goes, and ultimately the consumer experience so that it was nice to hear him talk through the fact that they understand that part of what grew this business is the importance of quality in the fruit and that there will be a focus of that on fruit coming out of Peru. Well, that's it for episode six. I'd be curious to know what you think of these podcasts so far. Uh, If you're finding value in these, please share them online and be sure to tag us at USHBC. We're growing our audience and certainly seeing the interest. So please share this with your colleagues and uh, people throughout our industry who may not have heard yet about the business of blueberries. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the business of blueberries. 